0: and broadcast their findings through the cosmos in hopes that future generations might learn from their mistakes. Some would call them heroes, others would call them mad, but despite the grueling road ahead of them, the group would take up the Sisyphean task and become a talking cow adventurous and restless as a savior I think demented love the punishment I can't be sure but one thing i do know is that the mission here to force to make it laugh so hard that you'll be pissing on the kitchen floor it's
1: welcome to a talking cast the a talking cat podcast that nobody ever asked for but We're bringing it to you anyway. I'm your host for today, Josh, and with me is Joel. Howdy, and we're going to talk about minute forty-six of a talking cat. So right before we started, Joel, you were telling me that you have not watched the entire film; only the minutes that you have actually guessed it on.
2: Uh, I'd like to maintain continuity uh, (laughs) continuity with the character I've had in this podcast, so I I decided, you know, this. I, I got the gist of this movie. There's a cat. He occasionally talks very creepily to people, and uh, although I've only ever seen Tina, so I assume Tina's the only one in this movie besides the cat.
1: <laughs> and this minute pretty much plays out the sa- the same. Uh, I think you get you get a little bit of her mom, um, maybe, but I don't think she actually says anything. She's just lurking in the background. So yeah. uh, let's <laughs> let's get into our minute here. Basically, we open in uh, the what we've been calling the poorhouse uh, in their living room which in a really awful day for night kind of thing where basically it looks like they they just finished watching like a tape or something on a VCR and it's just shut off so there's just a blue screen illuminating their entire living room. Yeah. <laughs> there's, and there's no lights on anywhere else so they didn't attempt to make it look like any kind of actual night setting in a house. It's just this room being lit up by a single blue light.
2: That's really, that's really funny that you pointed that out because I assumed that there was something wrong with my video.
1: No, no, they they are supposed to see you not having seen any other moments like this comes up uh, a few other times. And any time it's a night sequence, it's just bathed in blue light. Um, or, they, or they went in and probably put a blue filter over it in whatever editing program they were using.
2: It's, that's the way it is at my house. I mean, <laughs> Dr. Manhattan shows up, the whole place turns blue. I know it's nighttime.
1: So Tina, obviously we didn't see what happened prior to this, but at the start of our minute, uh, Tina um, says, okay, I'll let him out, talking about Duffy. And she closes her laptop, gets up, and then uh, scoops up Duffy and carries him out, seemingly to carry him outside. Um, Then we're given a very long and I counted 12 second long shot of clouds moving in front of the moon with with this really amazing like. Really lazy baseline record scratching uh, music going along with it, like the laziest type of audio.
2: It's setting the
1: mood. Like, <laughs> boom, 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 and I mean, boom. and that's that can be said for the entire movie. The music is extremely lazy and and stock. So we get that nice twelve second shot that sort of lingers and really gets us in the mindset that it is nighttime.
2: I thought that we were looking at the moors and eventually I was going to see somebody getting bitten by a werewolf.
1: <laughs> that would that would make this movie infinitely better. And I, I kind of envy you in a way because you've only seen roughly two minutes of the entire 80 or so minute runtime. So, yeah. <laughs> so you could create probably a very interesting story that occurs outside of those two minutes that you've seen. That would be... So- that would be infinitely better than anything uh, that's actually in the film.
2: Yeah, I've just been filling in the rest. I assume that Tina, like I said, gets bitten by a werewolf and this talking cat is trying to guide her through the lycanthropy uh, changes she's going to be going through. Although she's very positive. you know, Every time I see her, she's very positive for somebody who's obviously a bloodthirsty beast.
1: So they they end up not going outside. We We cut from the shot of the moon into... Tina's room, and she sits on the bed, and Duffy is is somehow magically on the bed, transfixed by something off screen. There was probably someone wiggling a toy or something to keep Squeaky in place and actually get him to pay attention. Uh, but then she uh, says, with no real context, uh, I mean, we, we obviously saw what she was doing before. She said she was going to let the cat out, but then sort of says, this will be our little secret. Not, you know, not uh, you can stay inside tonight. This will be our little secret, or we won't tell mom. This will be our little secret. But
2: it's just a weird yeah. line. <laughs> kind of. Uh, that's like I said, having not seen the rest of the context of the movie. Despite that werewolf shot before, uh, I. It was kind of you know we got that deep bass going on in the background, and I just hear Tina say, "This will be our little secret," followed by <laughs> uh, the next line, which is. I need to talk to your mother.
1: <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So I, I think that your idea of her, she's been bitten and she's going to turn yes. into not a werewolf, but like a cat and maybe Duffy is is her new mate. And so they're, you uh, know, it's, it's kind of setting that up. They're setting up their romance.
2: Yeah, good call. Good call.
1: <laughs> but she takes forever to type something. Um, which we cut back and forth between her and Duffy a couple times. I, mean, I think this I think this is just Tina's characteristic. You know, you haven't seen the rest of the movie, but she is a slow reader and a slow typer, apparently. So she does everything very slowly. I think that's like her defining character trait. So then as you said, we get this <laughs> this great uh, Duffy um, voiceover where he's not moving his lips. He's just speaking in his head. Um, Actually, that brings up a good point. Have you seen a minute of the film where Duffy actually speaks and his mouth moves? Yeah, I saw the
2: first minute where that happened. Okay, good. It was horrifying.
1: (laughs) Very good. Yeah, because if you hadn't seen that, you would think that, oh, he's just, he's sort of like a Garfield thing. His mouth isn't moving, but he's talking and people can still understand him or hear him or... Whatever, but yeah, his mouth moves and it's uh, horrifying. Um, but he says that he needs to talk to her mother and that she's the last person uh, that he needs to speak with. But it's been a long day and the long walks. Whew, his paws are so tired, so he's just going to be lazy. And you know, with him having this mission of bringing these people together and, and trying to uh, do a good deed... He really doesn't seem to care that much about when it gets done or how uh, how it gets done or how fast it is it's like eh, this will come at its own time
2: he's already beleaguered by the fact that he has to do this I mean you know cats like to lay around cats like to play when they want to play sleep when they want to sleep and all that such and so he's He's got this boiling rage behind his voice and you know that might just be Eric Roberts being like I can't believe I'm still doing this damn thing but it's uh well that's so she she couldn't hear him when he said
1: no no uh, see with with and oh. I'll I'll briefly explain the rules but basically he can talk to he can talk to people one time and right. so after that uh he he cannot actually speak with them he can only um he only talks in his head, so I believe he's already spoken. Uh, yes, he's already spoken to Tina once, so he can't speak to her again. Okay. Yeah, there's some weird arbitrary rules that are established, but they don't really explain why the rules are are what they are but you you brought up an interesting point talking about how sort of cats are are lazy and 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 i think that it, we've all kind of in all of these episodes have commented on uh eric roberts voice and kind of the the surliness of it or the laziness of it but it, in actuality he's a perfect person to play a cat like his that drawl and that demeanor are perfect for a cat character yeah yeah
2: He's, I think he's only going to take roles where he doesn't have to actually get up from what he's doing. I don't know if you saw Inherent Vice. <laughs> I was actually recently. just
1: thinking of that. Yeah, he basically yeah. sits in
2: a chair the entire movie. Yeah, he like kind of turns his head, but he's like, I'm, I'm not doing anything besides turning my head to talk to... What's that guy's name? Jack Wynn Fanex. Get him out of here.
1: So after we get uh, you know, the little moment of Duffy talking to himself, explaining what he needs to do, we cut almost immediately to a daytime shot of waves crashing on the beach for a very long time, considering that we can figure out pretty quickly what's happening and where we are. And I think that's pretty much right at the end of our minute, and it, it, right at the very last second, I think we cut to a shot of the what we've been calling the porn mansion. Since it, uh, <laughs> since it plays a part in a lot of uh, David Dakota's other films. That is so apt, it's not even funny. <laughs> I mean, it is funny, but yes, okay. But yeah, I mean, was there anything in particular that sort of struck you about the minute that we haven't uh, discussed yet? Well,
2: <sighs> Tina continues to be a master of technology. The first time I saw her, she was on her cell phone, and it was obvious that she knew exactly... What she was doing there, and then <laughs> this scene, I saw her on her laptop, and I'm like, my goodness, she is a technology. I assume that later in the movie she has to hack the
1: mainframe
2: in order to uh, <laughs> free Duffy from his uh, magical collar confines. He has magical collar, right, or something like
1: that. Uh, yes, that does come up a little bit later uh, yes. with with no real explanation either. So I, I won't I won't spoil it for those who are going to be covering that minute, but. Uh... But yeah, there is a <laughs> there is a bit about his collar which sort of comes out of nowhere and and pretty much the entire film sort of hinges upon it.
2: I hope I get to do the minute where she says, Oh, it's a Unix system, I know how to do this.
1: <laughs> the uh I, I like your idea. I would love to I would love to see your thoughts just on the minutes that you've seen and, and have you create a story that includes those minutes, but is something a lot broader. I mean, I, I definitely think the werewolf idea is much better. So, like, werewolf hacker is something that I don't think has been explored in films before, and I think it should uh, be explored. <laughs> and I, I would love, I would love to see Tina Werewolf Hacker um, with you know Eric Roberts as Duffy. I think that that's, yeah. I think that's a movie that. I mean, that's a sequel that David Dakota could easily make, because he's he's made films with supernatural uh, influences, so I think that that's just a perfect follow-up to A Talking Cat. Yeah, if
2: no, if nothing else, the result of this podcast is going to be a lot of A Talking Cat
1: fan fiction. <laughs> I mean, I, I think that's a good thing, um, and I think it would be great if if the, just by the sheer fact that this exists... That it it draws David Dakota back to make another one, and he just goes crazy with it, kind of like you know with um, I don't know if you're familiar at all with like Samurai Cop and and it sort of getting resurrected and having a sequel now is this '90s uh, silly action movie, and now it's got a sequel coming out uh, next year, and then Birdemic um, you know has a sequel, and like I think I think uh, David Dakota could do a really interesting sequel with with uh, the Talking Cat cast of characters.
2: They can't get Gary... or uh, Sorry, (laughs) they can't get Eric Roberts back, so they're going to have to get Gary
1: Busey or something
0: like that.
1: (laughs) That would be fantastic. Now, speaking of that, speaking of Gary Busey voicing random characters, let's see a Talking Cat and a Ginger Dead Man crossover. Uh, Oh, yeah. (laughs) And I think that would be... That would be something interesting. It would be, um, you know, maybe they're maybe they're battling one another.
2: A talking cat versus Ginger Ginger Dead Man
1: versus uh, demonic col- toys. Colon,
2: colon uh, cat scratch fever.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, that would be fantastic. Mm-hmm. All right, so I have exhausted my interest in this minute. Um, is there anything else that you want to add before we wrap it up? Uh, no, Mike, my, my uh, I still
2: intend not to watch any other part of the movie unless I'm on another part of episode of the podcast. So, but, but this movie that's going on in my head is great. I just, I just let you know that.
1: Do you think that, do you think that you would ever go back and watch the entire thing? Like once the, once the podcast is done and you've maybe listened through all 80 or 88 or so episodes, do you think you will turn around and watch the film, or do you think that would ruin uh, the magic?
2: Well, because I'm going to be famous for this podcast, I'm going to have to, you know, watch the movie with my grandchildren as I regale them with tales of my glory days. You know? <laughs> Exactly. So, probably. We're
1: all. I mean, we're all on the verge of a huge payday because of mm-hmm. this thing. It's just, I mean, you know, we're 40-plus episodes in, and this is about the time. It's getting close to syndication, and all that money is just going to start rolling in. Well, thank you very much for joining me to talk about this lackluster minute of A Talking Cat. Um, My name is Josh, and you were... I'm Joel. And thanks again for for being with me, and hopefully you'll come back. Oh, absolutely. Thank you very much. And fill in just a little bit more of that story. (laughs) (laughs) I'll get the writing right away. Please remember to check us out on SoundCloud slash a-talking-cast... On Twitter at a talking cast, on Facebook at Facebook slash a talking cast, and check us out on iTunes. Be sure to subscribe to us on there too, please, and leave us a nice review if you would. Alright, thanks everybody. See you next time. Bye-bye. Minute by
0: minute. That's what they'll be diving in to shed some clarity on this hilariously failed attempt. So grab a friend and crack a beer with them and listen in. A talking cast is about to begin. That was episode 47 of A Talking Cast. Your host was Josh Hollis, with guest. Joel Torres, edited by Darren Husted, music by Casey Trimble, voiceover by John Kowaleski, artwork by Josh Hollis, executive producers Sarah Cantor and Darren Husted, copyright 2015, all rights reserved. This podcast is not affiliated with Rapid Heart Productions. A Talking Cat is owned by Rapid Heart Productions. No infringement is intended. For the memory of Charles Harris.